What up, what up, what up? Thank you for tuning in to the Swish Masters Podcast, and thank you to our sponsor, SS96. Visit ss96.net and use the promo code SWISHMASTERS for 15% off. Yeah, that's right. You heard me right. 15% off on all store items, hats, hoodies, t-shirts, whatever you need, SS96 has it. Also, don't forget to go and check out that music from Straight Stoner, produced by yours truly. You know what it is, gut gang, mobbing, sleepwalking. We out here. Thank you. What's up? Welcome back to a very, very good episode of the Swiss Masters Podcast. I'm your co-host, Q the Guru. Zay, what's up? That's what's up. All I can do is shake my head right now, bro. <laughs> Yo. What up? What up, everyone? Thank you for doing that. <laughs> There was so much going on yesterday and today. I, I, I've been holding everything I've been wanting to say. I'm, I'm, very inter- I'm very interested to hear what you got to say. But before we even get into it, let's just have a rundown of exactly what's going on. Just in case you haven't heard the news. We won't have a rundown. Lord have mercy. Y'all just listen to this real quick. Changed by the bosses to be here in Brooklyn for the busy news day. Jock Bond will be the interim head coach replacing Steve Nash. Sean Marks, the general manager of the Nets, vehemently denying multiple media reports that he has already tapped former Boston Celtics head coach Ime Udoka as his next head coach. He says, absolutely not. We have not hired one yet. He says, we would like to get playing, we would like to get back playing the basketball that we know we can play. We are not proud of where we are. Where are we? Let's quickly just go through a litany that could probably take uh, about three hours to go through of what's happened with this organization in now the fourth season since KD and Kyrie joined the Nets. Think about it. Kenny Atkinson fired. The future young core of the Nets shipped out in addition with future draft picks for James Harden. Then this team sees injuries at different times to Kyrie, KD, Harden. Kyrie has that mysterious leave of absence. Kyrie unvaccinated, unable to play multiple games. Harden then forces the trade out to Philadelphia. The Nets get back some compensation in Ben Simmons, but doesn't play a single game last year. They're swept in the first round by Boston. KD then asks for a trade, realizes he doesn't get it. Then he asks for Steve Nash to be fired. That didn't happen over the summer. It would later. There's the foreshadowing. Kyrie, just a couple of days ago, sends out a cryptic tweet with a video, with a link to a video that has anti-Semitic messaging. Provides no context for it. When questioned about it, refused to answer those questions. Nash then fired. There is a report now, as I mentioned, that Ime Udoka will be the next head coach. The issue with him, he's currently on a one-year suspension from the Boston Celtics guys for inappropriate behavior within the Celtic organization. Oh, and by the way, Ben Simmons tonight is going to miss his second straight game with a knee injury, and the Nets are off to a 2-5 and five start. So everything's great here in Brooklyn, even if it's the weather outside. It's a little cold and rainy, Ernie. 
Like I said, nothing going on up there. Uh, Jared Greenberg, thank you for the thorough report. Uh, we appreciate that. Let's go to CarMax Call Your Shot. And uh, Steve Nash, two full seasons and then seven games into season number three, out 94 and 67. A couple of trips to the playoffs, knocked out in the conference semis, knocked out in the first round. And Jacques Vaughn steps in as the interim. Well, that was a lot. Uh, while that was playing for y'all, we were just talking about some of this stuff in the background. Man, this is just, this is just a lot. It's a lot. Uh, so, honest, obviously, we want to start there today. Uh, we plan to get into the Southwest Division preview today, but we'll see where this conversation goes, and we'll go from there. But let's just start there. The Nets fired Steve Nash. Y'all saw his record, by the way. It's a positive record. <laughs> they, they fired him. After a win, <laughs> they fired this dude after a win. If I'm not mistaken, it was two wins. Am I right? Mm. I, I don't know. That they, I mean, it's better to get to get fired after a win. Now, I mean, they lost to Chicago. I mean, that was uh, Chicago that night, though. Yeah, I'm talking about when you got fired, though. They had just won. They, yeah, they won the previous game. Um, man, it's a lot, bro. You, yeah, <laughs> you go first, man. I was, I don't know what you thought. What you, what you thinking about this, bro? The, the Brooklyn Bridge is literally burning on fire, burning down. Oof. It is, it is just turmoil chaos and destruction in Brooklyn right now. It's just hey, anarchy. Hey, hey, bro. Hey, let's, let's approach it this way. Did Steve Nash deserve to be fired? Let's approach it that way. If you look at his record, 92 and 62 playoffs, does he deserve it? I'm not going to sit up and say he deserved to be fired. And me personally, Steve Nash, when I was growing up, Steve Nash was one of my favorite point guards to watch. Um, as a coach, it was questionable from the get-go. And I think we all kind of knew that, all agreed. But yep. I'm yep. not, you know, against anyone getting a, a shot at an opportunity, even though there were other others that considered uh, – other more experienced coaches to be more suitable for the job, which I agree with. Yeah, I agree with that too. I I don't I don't I don't think the word deserving is deserved is is right for this situation exactly. But did it need to be done? Did he need to not be the coach of this team? Yes, I agree with that. So I agree with the the firing, I guess. But I don't think he deserved it because I don't think he was put into a situation that was really suitable for a head coach first year, first, you know, couple seasons of head coaching and having to deal with the this organization 
I'll just put it that way. Because this, as as Jared Greenberg said, as, as the list goes on and on and on and on, it's, it's so much. It's so much going on. And this just happened to be some of the chaotic aftermath of all the other events that is, you know, just falling in line with all the other dramatic downfall in Brooklyn. That's, <laughs> I'm, I'm, ah, it's, the Nets are terrible, man. The Nets organization right now is just terrible. I'm sorry. Everything, players, coaching, leadership, the fans probably were just like, Ah, this is tough. This is tough. Uh, Nets are just so disappointing as a t- as an organization, as a whole organization. I'm just so disappointed in this team. But we, the writing was on the wall, honestly. For Steve, it it was. There there are some pundits in the media that predicted this a while, a couple weeks ago. For real, they did. Like Stephen A. He predicted this a while back. Kendrick Perkins too he called this a couple weeks ago too so I mean they deserve to be I mean you, I, I guess the word play the word choice is is somewhat difficult to use I mean I'm viewing it as is, is this his fault Partly, partly it's his fault. Then at the same time, it's not his fault. It's weird. So this is the situation. He was hand, he was like backed up to be the coach by KD and Kyrie, right? But at the same mm-hmm. time, before he started, Kyrie is like, "We don't need a coach. We all the coach. I can coach. KD can coach." So right there, it, it's already undermining your authority where you don't really have a, a good shot. So it was like, you kind of deserved it. You kind of did based on the actions. But this is my main reaction here, though, to this. You remember over the summer, Kevin Durant was trying to get out of the group. Mm-hmm. He gave the Nets an ultimatum. Is me or Steve Nash and Sean Marks? Joe Sy was like, we're in this thing together. Ultimately, KD came back on track. (laughs) Right? Right. What changed? I mean, yeah, y'all were losing some games. But to be fair, there were a lot of distractions going on. Special the course of this past week by one of your players. Ben Simmons has not been performing up to snuff. And he's been out again. He, Steve Nash did lose the locker room. That's true. And when you lose the locker room, you got to change the voice somehow. You do. But at the same time, it's like, as in this organization, it's like you're still giving in to the players. 
Kevin Durant called for this a while back. A while back. And Joe Sy and Sean Mark, I mean, they all stuck together. And you stood up to the players like, no, this sounds going to burn. And me thinking, like, to the side over here, I'm thinking, okay, y'all getting some backbone now. You're going to stand up to the players now and tell them no. But with everything going on this past week, even Kyrie stuff, and now this, it's like, you just give it in again. Where is the accountability, man? I do believe Steve Nash is kind of the scapegoat here. He he kind of is. He kind of is. I'm not going to lie. But at the same time, he did allow some things to happen. But to be fair, it's going to be hard for any coach to deal with all that crap. I mean, that was a lot. Mm-hmm. It's hard for any coach to deal with that. Man, it absolutely is uh, just difficult to to be in that locker room in these multiple situations at this point. And to your point, I agree that it's unfair to blame Steve Nash for some things, but also the Brooklyn Nets don't even know what the word accountability means. And this is my other thing about about Steve Nash, like in general, at least head coach Steve Nash. Like like I said, inexperienced, first-time head coach. Mm -hmm. You're coming into a situation, which is honestly coming into it, you have, quote-unquote, a good situation. Right, you have all right. You got Kyrie Irving on paper. You got Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and at that time, many other talented players. Oh, you, you trade for James Harden. Oh, you got the best big three in the league right then. And all of a sudden, injuries happen, antics. It all falls apart. Oh, Harden wants out. Kyrie sitting out. All of a sudden, Green and Greenberg just named right, and and it's just a lot coming into it. You expect, all right, I'm a I'm a head, first time head coach. I got a great team. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be set. But then here comes the other side of it, the mental part of the game of 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 this job of of a head coach position is not just all right. Let's run these plays. All right, Kevin, you had these many possessions. Kyrie's your turn. No. You can't just sit on the sideline and be like, all right, you, you guard this guy. All right, let's run the pick and roll on the right side. There's more to it. You have to get, gain the respect, the trust, and you have to re- request greatness and, and pour greatness into the team. And I don't think that Steve Nash was exactly put into a in a two-way a situation where he could do that to the best visibility with him being who he is like i i think that steve is is a very chill kind of guy I, I until maybe this week it was the first time like he got you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first time he got thrown out of a game i don't i don't remember him getting 
that heated in during his playing years. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's not the all right, I'm gonna rally the team and you know, discipline, make sure they're following this. He's more of like, all right, I'm a player, you're a player type of coach. And I don't think he was ready to deal with that type of mental challenging type of environment that he had to deal with with and you got big personalities not along with big names that's a lot to do that's a lot for a first time head coach it is. especially for a team that's still trying to figure out honestly who they are because all right we got Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving but who is this team what can we do what have we done so I think that as a head coach, you have to find the the balance between, all right, let me make sure I advocate for my players, but also let me make sure I'm I'm the the leader of the the ship and no one's questioning that. And I feel like, like you said, Kyrie Irving coming out saying we're the coach is like, dang, bro, like you, you like openly disrespected your coach. You open, oh, I'm Steve Nash. You open openly disrespected me in a way. And it's like, from there on, it was it was broken, and this just wasn't to me. If if I think Steve Nash can be a great coach, because he did a, a decent job. Like his record, even he had a great he had he had great players to work with, and he had a decent record, like a winning record at that. But this year, as we've seen over these past few seasons, nothing has went well. Nothing has went to what they expect the Brooklyn Nets to be. So they had to make a change. And honestly, for me, I expected Steve Nash to be out of Brooklyn. Maybe not in seven games, but 15, 20. I would have I I expected this maybe a couple weeks more into the season. But this was just like, dang, all right. And... After Josiah made his position clear that, oh, it's us together, Steve Nash, we're going to move forward and we're going to work. Dang, bro. Like, all right, you switched up really quick, huh? Basically. I could see. Yeah. I could see that like 15, 20 games, you're still like trash. Yeah. But dang, seven games. You didn't make the 10 double digits. You you didn't make the the double digit mark of, of, of games in the season. It's kind of unfair, but also Steve Nash as a head coach has to grow from this. And he didn't rein the horns in of his of his team in time. So that's it's just an unfortunate situation for him. I feel for him, but also I'm like, as a head coach, you have to take on that position and be you have to be the leader at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, you got to. So, I'm going to go off some things that you said real quick. It'll be one thing if the Nets were just hitting on all cylinders, all, all cylinders offensively. Because Steve Nash is an offensive-minded player, right? However, we weren't really seeing any innovations in the offense with Steve Nash. That's issue number one, really. And if he and if there was some inkling of that, I feel like he probably he probably still have his job right now. Probably. 
At least a little longer. Right, maybe. <laughs> then two, before he got this job, I wish that he was he had some experience on the professional level coaching as an assistant coach or something. But you didn't have that. You were like a deer in headlights. And part of me wonders if one of the reasons they signed off on Steve Nash in the first place is because they knew they wouldn't have to listen to him because he doesn't have the pedigree of an experienced head coach. For example, everybody knows how it is when you have your main teacher in the classroom. The class goes buck wild when there's a substitute teacher with hard no experience. It's her first time in the classroom. Whole classroom about to cut up. Steve Naz is a teacher with no experience on the first day. Deer in headlights. What's up? Yeah. I mean, and if not, no. you're going to cut up. You're going to go buck wild. You're not, you don't know the rules of the game. You don't you know, know all the nuances of coaching. Exactly. You don't know all the nuances. Because there are certain things that happen as a head coach you just can't let happen. For example, the Kyrie thing. Right? Come out and say something publicly. Make your stance against that. The other stuff with Kyrie. Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff has to do with Kyrie. Kyrie not deciding not to play at random times. The organization going back and forth on Kyrie being a part of the team or being away from the team. Part of that is on the organization and the coach as well. Another thing Kyrie was doing, this is reported by Stephen A. I had no clue this happened. Kyrie will hold his own separate practices after the main <laughs> practice with the coach. Who would let that happen? No. And this this is not just one time. This is multiple times. Your authority is challenged. That they're not listening to you in the locker room. So it's like, that's why I said, you you deserved it, and you kind of didn't. But you know what it is what it is. Like who? No one blames a substitute teacher for being the substitute teacher in the, in the classroom. It's like we all know what's about to happen. But at least you're getting paid. Steve Nash got some money. He's out the situation now. Uh, go and head, go ahead and play soccer or something, man. Because I know he likes soccer too. So I don't know. But just go chill. I, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't do nothing basketball related. <laughs> I wouldn't even watch yes. it. I'm not doing anything basketball related. I'm Steve Nash. No, you know he uh, <laughs> he tweeted afterwards after the, the after the aftermath. He was, you know, he still oh, was um, happy for his time in Brooklyn. He's he's a very like. Steve he's a Nash chill is a dude. Very, he's a nice dude. Guy. Very peaceful. Very chill. He's a nice guy, bro. And I feel for him because I know he, him as a person, he's just very much optimist, optimist, peaceful, chill. One of the greatest point guards I ever got to watch. Um, Hell yeah. But before we move on, two-time I just MVP. Have to, two-time MVP. Uh, controversial a little bit, but still he got it so yeah um real quick the the Kyrie practice thing it's like that just seemed like all right the way it, it's phrased the way it sounds is is that he 
purposefully held his own practice, like I'm the coach, so I'm gonna have a practice. And I get like, you know, as a team, you can go and work out together. You can go run some extra sets, whatever, like afterwards, but it's weird to be, all right, I'm gonna hold my own practice. Uh, it, it just, I, I'm hoping that it's just like, all right, we gonna work on some other stuff together. But if it's uh, that, that's the case, we reported that way, man. <laughs> this is after yeah. practice is over. Steve Nash on his way out the door. Hey, y'all, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. We ain't done yet. I want y'all to run this, this, and this. <laughs> Harry What's puts Steve? on his whistle. And <laughs> on man, the side. no. I mean, and before we move on to let's. Read what he said. You're right. He did tweet something. Steve Nash. <laughs> he put a very heartfelt thanks to Joe and Clara Sai, along with Sam Marks, for giving me the opportunity to coach the Brooklyn Nets. That's a lie. It was an amazing experience with many challenges that I'm incredibly grateful for. I don't know about an amazing experience. All right. All right. It was a pleasure to work with the players. <laughs> the performance team in front of the office every day. I'm especially grateful to my coaching staff and video room who are a talented group with so much character and professionalism. Lastly, thanks to the Brooklyn and the passionate fans who support this team, family first, and my family has found a home here and loves, he put that in all caps, being a part of this beautiful community. I wish the Nets all the success in the world and the Nashes will be rooting for our team as they turn this season around. He's such a nice guy. By the way, you know he it was mutual that they agreed. It wasn't like he was Oh, we need to talk about that part yet. Yeah, good point. Right. I mean, and a lot of people joking, like, what does that look like? To mutually agree. I saw the, the tweets and they Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> to I mutually like, agree. You fired. I agree. <laughs> you know what? I quit. <laughs> Yo, yo, you know what? You should have fired me, sir. I did not do it. It's like, dang, were you advocating to be? I guess I that's what it means to, to be made fun of. That's gotta it's, be what it means, man. I, I this is the other thing. Since it's, they're saying that it's mutually agreed that they would part ways. Yeah, this had to be on the table, probably, honestly. The inkling of thought was sprinkled when KD said, "Either it's them or me." So they, they, I think they, it was in their mind like, "All right, I gotta consider this for real." Then they made a decision, but they were still like lingering. All right, well, if we don't get this together, we can't get rid of KD. We got him for another few years. He's he's our he's our guy. So who are they gonna turn to? They're not gonna. They can't get rid of Kyrie, I guess, but they could. They could, and who knows what's about to happen with him? But well, I take that back. With everything going on, they, they couldn't. The only way you can get rid of someone now is if you cut him. I believe but, Kyrie lost all trade value right now. It's it's kind of low right now, but I just this was had this had to be in talks for a, a good bit. They probably had a meeting. Before the season began, they were like, all right, we're going to give you this. And they were going to come back and evaluate. And they were like, at this point, let's just, let's just, 
let's just blow it up. Let's let's forget about this thing of you that, as the head coach. Right. And one more thing, also, uh, we talked about Kyrie being a lot of having a lot of issues here, causing issues, but also Kevin Durant because mm. he also signed up and he is to me the leader of this team is he though he's supposed to be and I don't know if you're gonna be if you're gonna sign off on somebody and you can call them the shots you gotta this, give him some respect this, yeah I'll go off of that. So oh, that's they, both, they both agreed to him. You think they both would support him? Right. So, yeah, you go ahead. What you about to say? My bad. But then my, I was like trying to get my thoughts. But then you, Kevin Durant, his whole fiasco this summer was just wild. Yeah. But at the end of it, you call for the man to be fired. They say no, we're not gonna fire him. He's like, all right. You, and and Steve just trying to move forward, you know what I mean? Trying to be good about it. Oh, it's all water on the bridge. Oh, it's family. Family's fight, whatever. That was just. I'm not saying Steve is lying because I'm pro- I'm sure he tried to to press through it and be like, all right, it's it's behind us. It happened, whatever. But no, that caused issues. That caused. That's another challenge. It was like a, the first major blow to the 2022-23 season for the for the Nets. Like, right. you starting off, my my best player doesn't want me here. My the best player, my my teammate. If I'm Kevin Durant's teammate on the Nets, KD don't like Steve, so why should I? Mm-hmm. And you got how how does that reflect locker room? So now. It's already like known that you don't have a lot of respect for him, and it just—it just was a bad look. It's—it's it's a bad feeling to be like, "Dang, I gotta go in." And, and I'm trying to also not even put the blame on him or be like, you know, "Oh, you know, Kevin, he just sucks." I'm—I'm—I'm tr- I'm, I'm coming out like, "Oh, you know, it happens." Being cool about it, and then this is the result. It's just like, "Dang." So I, I feel for Steve. But I also feel like just the next leadership is just it's terrible. Confused. So, and what about uh, <clears throat> did you see Kevin Durant's first conference after the fact about the firing? You probably I didn't see did, the press conference, but, but I read yeah. a quote. So okay, so you know what I'm about to, so you know the quote then. So that whole non-answer he gave a player of your stature. This is what Porter asked a player of your stature. Did you were you involved in the discussions about the Nash firing? And he just gave a very non-answer. Talking about like this is the league, this is what happens. You know, I'm like Of course. This man called for this man's job weeks ago. And you know what? Yeah. Before he came back, he did have a discussion with Joe Sai and Sam Marks. Mm-hmm. Maybe this was on the table all along. It's unclear, honestly. And if it was, if it, that that's that's bad. And going to the season like that, it's messed up. To be, I, and this is all 
assuming, right? That we don't know for sure, but nah, we if know. we know that he did call for them to be fired. Yep. But if you went into the meeting and was like, all right, y'all having discussions behind the backs of these other people, that's kind of snakish behavior to me. And I don't, I don't, I, I as a player, if they, if, if I'm, if I'm talking to them about this and they're, or they're bringing it up, all right, we're going to keep it on the table for you. I'm like, dang, like, all right, well, what do y'all say about me when I'm not around? I just, that, that just makes my brain turn into a lot of like loops in, in here and it's like I I don't know it makes me wonder I, I don't know if that's actual Ow. talks that, that happen but it just is a bad look and then his answer was I mean partially true but he did not answer the question yes or no I honestly <laughs> he, was like, he, he did he gave a very vague answer like it, it happens this he, was, is he was shocked the man took a nap and woke up to ESPN. I don't know. But that's what he says. I, I, I hope I personally I personally hope that they didn't have him involved in these talks about firing before they actually fire Steven. I hope he wasn't in that because that's just kind of a bad look to me and I feel like they need a backbone either you're gonna go with what you say or it's gonna be you might as well make Kevin Durant the owner at this point or whatever because it just looks looks bad like be the owner be the leadership be the management let the players be the players and make decisions and stand on them I, don't come to KD about all right. Should I hire uh, popcorn vendor A or popcorn vendor B? Like, be the ownership group, be the managers and leaders, and certain things like this. I, I don't need you to. If you if you go, especially you talking about somebody else's livelihood, somebody else's job. I don't want I don't want them involved in it. I they they need to cut that kind of communication out like there are certain things yeah of course all right kevin durant should be involved in the hiring process because you're going forward with kevin durant obviously so you need to go forward and have some sort of like synchronization to be able to figure out what are you doing but in this case this already was a bad look because of everything prior to that if he was involved in any type of decision where he was actually going to get fired. This is just a class D F like organization. Cause that, that is, that's bad. And that we're speculating, right? But this, that would just be terrible for me. This will make them just bottom of the league far as an organization. And right now they're trending in that direction. So, that's uh, they just yeah. and they're like this. This know. team just is so. <laughs> and we're not even done yet, man. They're polarizing, like, like <laughs> kind of infuriating, <laughs> honestly. Yo, they are. They are like, and we're not even done yet. Like they made a bad situation worse. Cause the Nets <laughs> playing Harry Mayudoka, <laughs> man. So this is what Woj put out and Shams. 
Suspended Celtics coach Ime Udoka has emerged as a likely Nets, Brooklyn Nets head coach, and his hiring could be finalized as soon as the next 24 to 48 hours, sources tell ESPN. The Celtics will let him leave for another job. This was put out yesterday, so we got about 24 hours, 24 more hours left to hear the news. Sean Marks was approached with this, with this report. He replied, no. <laughs> but all the sources are keep saying, expect Yime Udoka to be hired in the next 24 hours. To make a bad situation worse, man. One, my reaction to this. He was suspended. We kind of touched this a little bit in our uh, season preview. If y'all ain't seen that video, go check it out. That was an HR issue. Uh, they decided to suspend him. That's that's in their team policy. That's their right to suspend him. However, to to announce this the same day. I mean, one. How did they get out? You know, one. How did they get out? I mean. Uh. We fire Steve Nash. Literally an hour later. Even your dog gonna be a coach. <laughs> what the is disrespect. This, this is, oh my is, god. What is this? Wait, what is this, man? And Jock I am forget maybe he thinks I have an actual chance to coach. Nah. <laughs> Duh, this organization like, is so dysfunctional. Uh. It's Yo, so dysfunctional. Like, that is that's the killer part of it. Steve Nash, you text me with the with the news, and I I, I opened Twitter five minutes. I, I saw I saw the tweet after after five minutes of uh, after Walsh posted it. Steve Nash been fired. Within the same hour, we were talking about Udoka. Within the same hour, like literally, I can go to the text thread right now and and look and. Yeah, we it was within an hour or two. Yeah, we're, like, we literally, I texted when this first dropped. And then, oh man. Terrible. This is terrible. This is just, I don't, shout out to Woj and Shams for great reporting. They always are on top. They're the NBA insiders. They, they, they do a great job. Exactly. And Who? What has Woj ever been wrong? Everyone watches Woj's page when there's a trade in the looms. <laughs> Everyone's waiting for Shams to report it first. Like, it, it, it's real. So for for Rashawn Marks to come out and be like, "No, we're not." I, I think specifically he was like, "No, we're not hiring right now." Or something. I, I don't know the exact uh, terms that he used, but it's being reported already. And and even if you weren't hiring Udoka or anybody yet, you just fire one coach. And within the same hour, we're hearing reports about, oh, the Nets are looking to hire this coach or Udoka, whoever. 
If it wasn't Udoka, it, on top of it being Ime Udoka, with his specific situation in Boston, yep. it's it's very bad. But it's even just at the basic basis of it, you, you fire one coach, and now you're talking about, oh, we got this coach lined up. So this just makes me think y'all been in talks about all of this. Y'all have been planning this for a minute and just decided, all right, we're going to drop the news today. Like, dang, bro. this man just just got fired. And y'all talk about, all right, y'all already got your person. Not, oh, we're interviewing this person, interviewing that person. Oh, we're looking to hire them. What? Like, I would have felt some, I would, I, I would feel some type of way if I'm Steve Nash. I would just be kind of like, as a player, like, what? Like, dang, that, okay. Yeah, the league is a business and it moves and it's, it's, it's crazy, but this is much more crazy than I expected. This is this is just. <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, I'm not like against the hiring of Ime Udoka. I'm not supporting his actions, uh, his, his misconduct. But as a coach, he's he's good. And what happened was like a, a part of his personal thing in Boston, of course, but. There's a lot of heat still going on with him. Exactly. And on top of, it's like, all right, you're throwing gasoline into a, a, a the burning Brooklyn fire. You're throwing literal gasoline, and you're just going to explode, and it's just going to combust and then be ashes. And, dude, shouldn't that be like a hiring process? Like, shouldn't you supposed just to be a couple people courtesy. first? You know, like, give people a chance first? Common I courtesy? Mean, just, like, just... Grace, I don't, I don't understand how. All right, it, that that's that's. I I feel offended. <laughs> even I'm not even I'm not from Brooklyn. I'm not a player. I'm not a coach. I don't have anything to do with the Nets. But I feel offended. Like dang, y'all y'all fired this man, and now y'all already talking about oh, not not all right. The Brooklyn Nets are considering. A, B, and C. The Brooklyn Nets plan to hire Ime Udoka. Those were the words. <laughs> I've seen the words multiple times when he's been on Twitter. Everything. Like, <clears throat> what? I, I, I just, ah, this, ah, like I'm, I'm up to here with you. <laughs> I'm up to here with these dudes, man. Like, ah, ah, all right. They're just trying to patch up the season that's already terrible. I mean, the news isn't official yet, but once it is, I'm sure we can go into more details about how Udoka can impact the Nets and if he can. But just the fact that he still has this situation going on that's very publicized, it's still very controversial, and to go ahead and make the hire. Uh, you think they would seek what exactly happened and investigate before announce the world that you're going to hire and maybe come up with some clauses, you know? Because either way, there are people impacted in that Celtics organization by Yudoka's actions at the end of the day. So, I personally do believe in second chances 
And I think he's a good coach. I think he's a great coach. He's proven that. <clears throat> he may have done some more, more things, but, you know, forgive. And if he's remorseful, you know, you go on, you move on. But can, can, can you let the news breathe for at least 24 hours? <laughs> like, for real. This wasn't, this was announced within like an hour or so. And that's just so mind-boggling. The Nets have whoever's leaking y'all stuff. I need to find a leak. My thing is this though: most of the time when it's Shams or when it's when it's Shams or uh, Woj, it's a it's a validated source. Yeah, this is not just anybody talking. This is an executive, someone on that level, talking. This is the Nets are just uh, reliable <laughs> dysfunctional. They're just a dysfunctional franchise. But all those lists of things going on. Let's go ahead and talk about what can be done to fix the Nets, man. All right. First of all, we, we talked about, we had a lot of conversations here. We talked about blame, whose fault it is, and all that. Just moving forward, what should the Nets do? One, I need the players to step up. I need them to step up, man. Kevin Durant, you got to step up. I know you just want to hoop. But your team needs a voice. They need a leader. Kyrie has been more outspoken. And he's been more so portrayed as a franchise player just by his actions and his speaking off the court. So I need KD to like be a strong presence and voice in the locker room. I mean, I'm not, maybe he does have a strong presence in the locker room already, maybe. But you need to have a strong voice outside as well. Because the lack of leadership is glaring here. Glaring. Yeah. That's the first thing. The players need to step up too. The Nets. Organization. Whenever they I don't want to hear any excuses with this next hire. Like, if this doesn't work, y'all just you messed it up. You ruined the franchise. This is Kevin, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, all over again, but worse. Way worse. Which is <laughs> all the off the court drama. Not only you lose you lose all your young assets and your draft picks. Your franchise is stained with negativity. When we think the Brooklyn Nets, I should be thinking positive things. They got KD and Kyrie. Let's go, championship. Instead, when I hear Brooklyn Nets, first thing that comes to my mind is dysfunction. Disorganization. Controversy. Drama. Those are the words that come to that are associated with the Nets for me now. And it shouldn't be that way. Ben Simmons, he has to try to find a way to get back to that all-star Ben Simmons. 
If he does not, y'all don't really have a chance with the roster. So they need to get healthier, get a strong presence in the locker room with leadership from the players and very, very, very strong leadership from their next head coach. They need to anoint the locker room. The presence of Jesus needs to be throughout that whole locker room. But peace, love, and positivity anoint every locker. <laughs> I'm serious, man. <laughs> we casting out all this controversy, man. Leave it. <laughs> That's what y'all got to do, man. Pray for the Knicks. They got to pray, bro. Hey, this organization is trash, man. It's trash. It's trash. That's that's me. What you? There's only one correct answer, Q. <laughs> Scrap the Brooklyn Nets. Really? Let's just let's just let's just think outside the box scientifically. Let's just let's just think. Let's get every technological innovation. Need to build a time machine. Let's just rewind the clock. Let's just go back to two thousand. To the New Jersey Nets with Jason Kidd and and, and Kenyon Martin, Richard Jefferson, the finals team, because that's the last they're ever gonna see of of finals and Nets. That's the only association we're ever gonna see if if they don't ever fix anything. Just get a time machine. Let's just go back to New Jersey, go back to Newark. There you go, because this is not gonna work. So you saying that no matter who they put in as coach, nothing's gonna work. Do they get better potentially? Yes. Do they win a championship? No. Do they get their act together? Probably not. Um. That's just I, I'm I'm not putting any type of expectation on on this team anymore. And I think oh, any. And that's just me. Yeah. I want them to prove me wrong, like shock the world, but. For me, I don't expect the Nets to be if they make the playoffs. First round exit. Like that's that's <laughs> I'm keeping my bar low in Brooklyn. Um as far as what like could fix them. Jesus, like you said. I mean, if you can't if you can't call Jesus, please don't try me. Shout out to Toby and Wigway. But um Maybe you get Doctor Strange. Maybe he can get the right multiverse spell right this time and, and you know, bring in some alternate versions of these guys to, like, make it work. Um, but for real, they have to all, players, coaching, ownership, leadership, whatever, need to get on the same page. That's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, get healthy. Ben Simmons, we we I I want to see you play greatly because I think he's a great player. Obviously, we know what Kevin Durant can do. Kyrie, just just play basketball. Don't really talk. Just just play and stay out of. Keep your mind, your mental thoughts here and in, in the mind. Don't. I would I would. No need to voice them right. I would phrase that a little bit. Just like, don't say anything that could bring even more negativity 
to your team. You know? Because we don't want to just say, you know, like, players should just play because they have more impact. But at the same time, all his actions and words, for the most part, have brought a lot of negativity to your organization. So just refrain from that. Yeah, you're right. My bad. That was a improper uh, response on my part. Oh, no, but we good. We good. just take some time to to think before you speak is all I'm trying to say. You uh, know, I get what you're saying. I'm not, for real. I got you. I'm not saying, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to say you shouldn't mm-hmm. speak out on things. Not That's not the case. But right, right. in his case, it's just been a lot of issues with uh, things he said or hasn't said. Um, and for him, I just want him to be able to focus and just speak and speak and elaborate properly when you do choose to speak out on things. And you know, from there, win games. If they can win games, winning helps everything. So, sure. That's it. I hope. Um, I hope they can do well, not having a lot of expectations, and we'll see where they go from here. Yep. We'll see. We'll see. Well, as the news unfolds, we'll react to it and give y'all our thoughts and reactions. But now let's move on to some other news around the NBA. The Warriors that picked up the options on three of their young players. They picked up the option on James Wiseman, Jonathan, Jonathan Kaminga, and Moses Moody. Um, the deadline was Monday. They did it ahead of the deadline. The Wiseman option is $12.1 million. Kaminga's and Moody's options are $6 million and $3.9 million, respectively. Uh, so now they're a part of Warriors team until 2023-2024. Wiseman could be eligible for an extension this summer, though. So that's cool. So uh, the Warriors have not been performing as we all thought they would be. They're at the bottom half of the standings in the West, which is surprising to a lot of people. It's still early in the season. We'll see how things go. Uh, But what was your reaction to the Warriors picking up these options? The Warriors are just mapping out their, you know, their conquest. <laughs> um, these are their young talents. This is a good young core with uh, Wiseman, Kaminga, Moody, Jordan Poole, obviously Wiggins. Um, it's a it's a good sign for them that they're already investing in their future, and it's a kind of like a sign of respect to these young guys that showing that this organization believes in you. So, you know, go out there and, and get it. And I think they will. Um, it just shows the, the Warriors' commitment to keeping their sense of... Um, I'm trying to think of the word I want to use, but building from within and keeping that, that team camaraderie, chemistry tight. Um, keeping these guys in the end the long run type thing, uh, even if it is just for another year. We haven't seen a lot of Wiseman. Um, Kaminga, we've seen him in 
and he's he's got a good motor, athletic player. Uh, he can be pretty versatile. Moses Moody, I've seen flashes of him, and I think he can get better too. Um, and it just goes to show that the Warriors think that too. So I think it's a smart thing to do, and hopefully they can build on and you know continue to be a great uh, franchise. to say I agree with everything you're saying it's a part of them building that nucleus for the next <clears throat> as Steph Curry eventually ages and Clay Thompson and uh, a transition to maybe eventually moving on from Draymond Green but that's that's to be seen that's all to be seen um, Warriors related news Dwight Howard actually was on a podcast with Shannon Sharp on Club Shay Shay he talked about his role and what he wants to do in the future. Uh, and in that interview, he mentioned that he would like to join the Warriors. He made his case very clear. He said they need a big. I know they have Looney, and I know they have the young boy, Wiseman, but I'm Dwight Howard. <laughs> so he says Wiseman can learn so much from me because he's heading in that direction of being a great big man. I feel like in that situation, playing with all those shooters like that, Steph, the way he gets open, with me setting screens, he's going to get more open. Clay, the same way. Draymond in the pick and roll, me and him. So he's really made, so Dray, so Dwight is really making his case to be a Golden State Warrior and try to get another run in the championship. So he also says that he will be able to teach Wiseman how to play defense, how to block shots. I see him as a person that's similar to David Robinson and his size and athleticism. There are a lot of things that I could teach him. So, those are all his arguments. What do you think? Should the Warriors go out and get Dwight Howard? Do you think he'll be a good fit? I honestly am not mad at that. I think that Dwight Howard is is making a pretty valid case. He's honestly one of the greatest bigs, one of the greatest players we've ever seen. Uh, Three-time defense player of the year, so he definitely can help uh, uh, Wiseman Kaminga to understand how to read offense and, and, and get into position for defense, uh, for blocks and rebounds and stuff like that. And I feel like, yeah, he's he's making the case. He's not expecting to be having a centric role where he's the guy or or even be a starter. I, I think that he understands that he's kind of in his twilight phase. This would be going into his 19th season. Um, so he's very much on the tail end. And his experience is more so valuable than what he could do on the court. I think even and still I think he's a very much valuable player to have on a team right now because he's not gonna be starting probably, but that's another big man in this type of modern era where he understands like, all right, I'm not a shooter, but someone has to hold down the middle. Someone has to get rebounds. Someone and and the Warriors offense can be a lot of threat. We obviously see Draymond being in that pick and roll and making, you know, the pick and pop plays. 
or you know lobbing up to the big man in the middle that's something that they do and Dwight will be the a great like plug and play type option I, I think it's a he has a solid case um and to his point about uh, about not Kaminga about Wiseman um I do think that he can kind of enlighten him show him the path to being a great two way big man because right now I think that Wiseman obviously hasn't played a lot missing a lot of his first uh, season but getting that type of experience from one of the best defensive players that we've you know gotten witness at that position because I feel like he's kind of raw as a player he's kind of like he's he's got a lot of potential we can see that he can shoot uh, pick and roll but he's young he's wiry he's kind of thin to me as a big man I think Dwight Howard could really show him a lot and kind of like mold him into a great um, like a David Robinson like the Admiral type player for real because he has all that potential he's also left handed which is uh, funny so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm down for that Warriors sign sign Dwight I'm with that Dwight get you one more chip yeah he has championship pedigree he can definitely bring a lot to the organization with a veteran presence like that. You no, know, me and you both agree he should have been a top 75 player. I mean, I say they can go ahead and get him. Why not? Especially if you can get him for like a minimum. Right. So go ahead. If he's not asking for a huge like payday, you know, or a huge asking price, go ahead and get him. I'll put it. Why not? Go ahead, you got shoes galore already. Just you need to do something to get some more wins, show up your defense some more, at least in the interior. Why not get the White Howard? And at the same time, he can mentor a young James Wiseman to be a, the next great NBA center. So, yeah, go ahead and get it. I support this message. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, we've been wanting to hit on the Southwest. Maybe we can knock this out real quick. So, let's go ahead and get into the season preview. Let's go ahead and start with the Spurs, who have been very, very uh, impressive. No one thought that they would be where they are right now. The Spurs are currently fifth in the West <laughs> at 5-3. and three. A lot of people thought, including myself, <laughs> that they will be in the running to try to get Victor Wimbayana. But based on how they're playing, apparently not. They don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so they got Trey Jones. Um, Devin has been like very impressive in the second season. Very good shooter. They got Doug McDermott. Keldon Johnson is another uh, underrated young player. He's a very good offensive threat at the power forward position. Yeah, mm-hmm. still got Yako Pertle. Now we know we understand. We talked about the news about Joshua Primo. If you haven't seen that, go watch it it's on YouTube. Listen to our podcast. They do need to figure out how to replace that that, that type of player because he does bring a lot off the bench. 
You know, he yeah. brings valuable shooting. So I wonder how they'll how they plan to fill that gap, you know. I wonder if they can look at some free agents out there or maybe in the possible trade to see how to fill that gap. But other than that, this team, I projected them at first, before the season started, to be in the bottom tier. And I'm going to go ahead and stick with that same prediction. They're going to eventually fall out. They're not going to stay where they're at. Uh, if you're a Spurs fan, it's got to be exciting to see your team have this much success. Uh, but do we really think this team have a shot, has a shot in, like, the playoffs? I'm not there yet. Maybe they'll show me something different. But right now, I say they're going to be in the running for the Victor Wimbayana sweepstakes. That's where I'm at. Where do you think the Spurs going to be? Uh, I guess I agree with the first part that going into the season, I didn't expect much out, out of the Spurs. And it's funny because Greg Popovich himself, uh, <laughs> I saw a couple of videos of him talking about the team. Don't expect us to win the championship this year. <laughs> like, he was, you know how Pop is. He's, he's hilarious. But oh, yeah. I think that it's also very strategic with what he does. Um, I'm sure he's coaching the heck out of his players pushing them and, and helping them to be great and better players. Um, so I think he's trying to motivate them by with his words there a little bit. And I, I feel like they probably know that they aren't expected to be good and or, you know, they're expected to be at the bottom. So I think they may be using it as fuel and and kind of running with it, trying to be like, all right, let's 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 get out on this, let's let's show them that we are a great team. Yeah. And the sports, sports organization, they they are a proven organization. They're they're good right now. Spurs are leading the um, the league in assists per game. Wow. They share the ball well. Yeah. Um, they're fourth in points per game. So even with not a lot of big names. Uh, you mentioned Kelvin Johnson. They have Josh Richardson. They have Doug McDermott. So they have some, some, some shooters, some, some guys that can score the ball. And I think that you're, you're right that they probably won't be top in in the West or anything like that. But I'm not gonna say they're gonna go lottery, bottom of the league, or anything. I'm gonna say that they have a chance to be like <clears throat> somewhere between eighth and and tenth. Maybe competing for the play-in okay. as of right now, um, and I think they may be in the market to make some moves. You know, hey, that's fine with me. Go ahead, that helps my team out. Go ahead. Of course, your team has to lose five games for every game they win. Yes, <laughs> yeah, go ahead, because that, that I ain't gonna lie. I thought the Spurs would be like competition for <laughs> big for one by young. But keep on. Oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. I no problem with it. Another you question. think you got to get one by Yama? I hope so, yeah. But another question on the Spurs, though, before we move on. How much longer do you mm-hmm. think Coach Pop would be in the league? Oh. He's turning 74 in January. Like, how mm-hmm. much patience do you think he has? Because he's, he's finished below 500 the last three seasons. Mm. Although this season looks pretty good so far. Yeah. So, um. but, how much longer do you think he's going to be coaching? Dang, that's one. We always talk about LeBron uh, getting ready to retire at, at some point. Right. I see him 
pop in the Spurs is like gonna be weird. Um, mm, I don't think he's gonna retire after this season, but I'm like I'm not gonna say he's gonna coach more than two more seasons. If he if he doesn't like retire within this year or next year, mm-hmm. I would be surprised. Two more seasons. Okay. Two more seasons at at the max. But hey, all right, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. That's gonna be weird. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Let's move on to another team that's been very impressive early on. That's the New Orleans Pelicans. The Pelicans are currently fourth in the West at four and two. They had some very impressive early wins against some stiff competition. One of the biggest questions going into the season is the health of Zion Williamson. I got to admit, Zion has looked good. He's been looking really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if Zion can stay healthy and the whole team can stay healthy as a whole, you know, McCollum, if he stays healthy as well, uh, this team can really go places. They really can. They really can. So you got CJ, you got B.I., Herbert Jones. Um, unfortunately, I don't think he's playing tonight against the Lakers, though. I think I saw he's out. But uh, you got Zion, you got Valanciunas, you got Jose Alvarado, who has been a very, very strong players, especially with Hustle and his energy. I really like his energy, man. I really like his yeah. energy. Definitely. They got Trey Murphy the third and Devontae Graham. So, where do you project the Pelicans right now? For me, I definitely see them in the playoffs. I can definitely see them maybe. They look really good. Maybe second round for sure. Second round. That's that's where I'm going to predict them to go. I'm going to make a bold prediction, Q. Uh oh. Okay. The Pelicans. The Pelicans are, are winning right now, they are. right? They are. They're, yeah. What are they four and two? Yeah. Or they're four and two. They're playing against the Lakers. They're not even. The Pelicans aren't even uh, at their best yet. Mm. The Pelicans are not even at their best yet, and they're already look. They're looking really, really good. They're not at their best yet. I think that they're gonna only get better from this point. And I'm not saying that the Pelicans are going to win the NBA championship or anything, but I think the Pelicans have a chance, if healthy, to go on a deep playoff run. I could I could see them at this point in the game. They could make a run for the conference finals. This is a great young team. Okay. Superstar potential in Zion Williamson being back. They have Brandon Ingram, who I think is – Got a great all-around game. CJ McCollum, one of the smoothest players in the league. Smooth scorer. Easy 20, 21 points per game. Um, and then their role players. Herb, Herb Jones, great 3D guys, great shooters. Um, let me see. Jackson Hayes, mm-hmm. who's another raw big man. Um, yeah, that's another player. They have a lot. Larry Nash Jr., Mm-hmm. Another like athletic big. They have a, a good bit of uh, depth to be able to throw at teams, even if they aren't just going to be 
lavish scores. I think they can be pretty dangerous. Um, so I'm going to say they're going to be... I can honestly see them being like a top... They can be in that four to six range as far as like playoff teams and could be potentially in deeper running if they stay healthy. Because honestly, they gave the, the Suns a, a heck of a playoff run this past season without um, without Zion. Uh, yeah. And Zion himself, as we talked about, came back, is in looking like he's in great condition. If he can stay healthy, if Brandon can stay healthy, CJ stays healthy, and they keep this core together, they Willie Green's doing a great job. So Yeah, shout out to Willie Green too, like, yeah. I like the Pelicans this year. They look really good, so they do. They really do. It's all coming together. <laughs> and this makes you think again. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Going back to that AD trade, man. The Lakers would have been had. They would have had a Brandon Ingram right now. Alonzo Ball. You know. Josh Hart. Josh Hart. Like, come on. Right now. Well, this is a good question. One day to say like who won the, who won the AD trade, who won the trade between the Pelicans and the Lakers. This is gonna be, you may have answered that question, after this season. Yeah. For real. We're gonna have like, to dive We're in a low wall. Seriously. Let's go. And, let's go ahead and look at the Houston Rockets. Right now. The Rockets are doing what they're supposed to be doing, what we all expected. They're currently one and eight, the very bottom of the bottom in all conferences, in all standings. I like Steven Silas, man. I really do. I think he got dealt a bad hand dealing with, dealing with James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You know, I feel like they probably could have succeeded within his offense because he, he has a. Good, he has good experience with the offenses mm-hmm. with Luca. He helped uh, the Mavs. Yeah, yeah like he knows offense, and now he's starting over with his young squad. Got Kevin Porter, good young player. Jalen Green as well. Eric Gordon, Jabari Smith, who early on looking solid. Mm-hmm. Very solid. Rookie of the Year candidate. Uh, some reserves that they have. Tata Washington. This this is an underrated pickup again for me. I was surprised mm-hmm. that they got him. Um, they also got Jason Tate. They still got Josh Christopher as well. So uh, we'll see how he progresses this year. This is obviously a team with a lot of young talent. They traded Christian Wood. Well, not traded, but like, did they trade him? Uh, oh, they, they Christian Wood. Yeah, they did. They traded him for picks. So uh, they, they traded for and 25 and 27 picks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Christian Wood, man, I wish there was some way they could have kept him. I wish there was some way they could have kept him. But they didn't. Uh, clearly, they're trying to rebuild for the future. So obviously, this team's going to be in the draft lottery. No, I do not expect them to go far. I expect them to compete with the Oklahoma City Thunder 
for <laughs> Victor Wimbayama. And that's it. If you if you're a fan of the Rockets, just be a fan of watching how you how these young players play and develop. That's all you're gonna yeah. do. That's all you can do. Yeah, that's true. Um, for the most part, I agree with you. Um, I just feel bad for Jabari Smith Jr. because I feel like he's playing hard. He's trying to prove himself. He wants to win. It sucks because they're just not in a position to be winning NBA games against these teams. They have a great, honestly. This is the thing about the this good roster. Like this is a good young. It's just young. They're gonna be inexperienced. Exactly. If they stick together, they grow and develop a little bit. A couple years from now, they'll be a they'll be an interesting team. I feel like they'll get better. Obviously, oh, yeah. um, yeah. Jalen Green, phenomenal season last year. Um, another guy you didn't mention, Keon Martin Jr., who I think. Oh is yeah, 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 yeah. Might be just as ferocious as his dad was, which is mm-hmm. monstrous. Um, he's 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 they're they're a fun team to watch. Like I feel like, they yeah, are. they're young. They're gonna shoot a lot of bad shots. They're gonna turn the ball over, but they're young. They're athletic. Kevin Porter Jr. can do it all. I feel like he can be that centric guy or him and Jalen Green being just a, a great dynamic duo. They will be okay in a few years. This is not their year. Um, I expect them <laughs> I accept, expect them to be in the sweepstakes for Mr. Wimbayama. Um, yep. But I, I I would go to a Rockets game and watch some just great athletic dunks. But if I'm the Rockets, I'm I'm not I'm not expecting. I'm a Rockets fan. I'm not expecting thirty wins. No, not at all. But keep playing hard, young guys, and you know it'll be your time in a couple of years. Yeah, I just would not expect much. Yeah. Yeah. However. The Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're kind of where we expected them to be. They're current. Well, I mean, they're playing well. I mean, standings-wise, no. Like, currently, they're eighth in the standings. Therefore, they're four and three. They're tied up some other teams in the West. Uh... The main thing right here early on is health, honestly. Ja got to stay healthy. He had a little stint last year where he was out for those couple games, you remember, late in the mm-hmm. season last year. Uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr. and everybody else had to fill in the void. The one thing, the one vet that I hate that let go was Kyle Anderson. I wish they kind of kept him, man. That's a valuable vet who, who plays good defense. Uh, he's like one of those 3 and D guys, 3 and D wings. However, the roster is still really good. You got John Moran, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr., and Steven Adams. You got Brandon Clark coming off the bench, Tyus Jones, Xavier Tillman. And they also had that big acquisition in the offseason, right? Mm-hmm. So, this team should be in the top four of the conference. That that's my opinion. 
That's where I see them at. And of course, being top four in the conference, they should also be in the playoffs. Uh, they should. I'm going to say it, man. I feel like this team right here being the rest of, rest of the conference finals. Like, compete. They should be competitive. They should be competitive to make the Western Conference Finals. Hmm. They should be competitive not to make it there. Hmm. That's that's, my, that's my bold prediction. You, you go ahead. And Ja should be contender for MVP this year. I think he will be. Um, I think, like you said, the biggest thing for them is keep, staying staying healthy, particularly John Morant, because yeah, he's a like already early on, we are seeing issues, you know, like yeah. you know, so. But they did well without him for. I think he missed like five or six games in a row. He, they went five and oh, zero. Yeah, there was an argument. It's it a stupid argument. It was an argument talking about like this team seems to play better without John Morant. Remember that stupid argument last year? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they play differently. They do. Uh, because I you have to play differently. Like, right. But, no, I don't think they're better without Jaw. And I think that they will be good. They'll be in the playoffs, obviously. But I don't see them going to the conference finals. And it's because of a reason that you all actually mentioned. They lost slow-mo, Kyle Anderson, who I think is... Yeah. One of those veteran guys who this is a young team. They're they're young, they're talented, they're fired up. They you know they run up the chimney, as Josh said. And that's that's great. But I think what you lose in a veteran, not so much his like scoring output or anything like that, statistics, but it but a guy that carries his like himself, NBA career, he's calm. He's obviously he's at his own own pace. Mm-hmm. And now they're just gonna run, 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 and run their heads into whatever. And it's like that's good, but also you need to be able to slow things down and understand situations and and mentally figure out the game. That's where the difference between them and Golden State was. They were very close to actually almost, you know, upsetting the Warriors this past season in the playoffs. But the Warriors had the mental edge at the end of the day. And I feel like they're going to be smarter, but you still need a, a vet like that. They have Steven Adams, who's going to be holding it down in the middle, obviously. But mm-hmm. I I don't know if they get right As of right now, they could change that. I'm, I'm not saying Western Conference Finals, but somewhere making a, a decent playoff run for sure. Yeah. How far do you think they'll go? I know you know. I know you. I know you said not the Western Conference Finals, but like, what what's the at least round they should make it to? Like they should at least oh. make it to what round? Second round. I mean, yeah, I agree. Yeah, they should at least make it to the second round. Yeah, second round for sure. But I feel like they can be in the conference finals. They can be. I. I. I mean. As of right now, I just need to see. Right, I, I, I understand that, like for sure. Like I get. Because right now, I'm just like, all right, Jaws already got injury issues. He does. I need to see how the other guys outside of him and Jaron are gonna are are gonna react. Is right. is Dylan Brooks gonna have his head clear and be able to focus and not get, 
you know, bad fouls, technicals, mm-hmm. stay healthy. So that's my whole thing. But I, I think they have a great young group. They're going to be fun to watch as well. Yeah, they will. This other team is another fun team to watch. Dallas Mavericks is our final team. We'll cover for tonight. They're currently 3-3. Three and three. They're not where we kind of expected them to be. They had some really bad losses to some teams yeah. they really shouldn't lose to early on, honestly. But, of course, the star of the franchise, Luka Doncic, he's doing his thing. He's continuing his pace for uh, MVP candidacy as well, in my opinion. Uh, if you have Spencer Dinwiddie, Reggie Bullock, Dorian Finney-Smith, and JaVale McGee, you got mm-hmm. Tim Hardaway. And, again, a big acquisition from the offseason, Christian Wood. Uh, this yeah. uh, this roster is a very good roster. Now, I to explain the early struggles, I feel like it's just, they just need more time in jail as a team because they did lose a big part of their offense in Jalen Brunson. Yeah, that's a big part of your offense, man. Big part of your rotation. Big part where you get scoring from. So. You got to figure out how to essentially fill that void. I still like Jason Kidd as a head coach. I feel like they'll pick it up. It's still early in the season. Can't really overreact. Uh, I think the Mavericks will be right there. They should be in line to compete in the Western Conference Finals again. Um, because, you know, they upset the Phoenix Suns last year in the, semis, in the semifinals. They should compete and make it back, but I don't think they will. It's just <laughs> me. I don't think they will, man. I feel like they should at least get to the second round. So I don't think they'll – I don't think they make it past the semis, though, in the West. That's me. <laughs> Luca is definitely gonna be the MVP candidate, though. That's fair. Um, I think that their start has not been. I need to see more defensively, man. That's my main thing. Yeah, definitely gotta improve on the de- defensive end. But they're honestly they're starting off. To me, they're starting off similar to how they did last season. Mm-hmm. Didn't get it the great the greatest start. But over time, they progressed. They got better. And another another team that's a, a key thing for them is health. Luke has to stay healthy. Tim Hardaway Jr. missed uh, games. I think he had a leg injury. I don't know if it was broken leg, but he had a leg injury. He was out for – I don't even think he played in the playoffs. Yeah, he didn't. Um, they're gelling. They have um, Christian Wood, as you mentioned. They got JaVel McGee. They have – good pieces and right now I think they're just kind of figuring out all right how we're gonna balance because Luca obviously is gonna have a lot of possessions but you also have to put other teams or other like guys in position around him around wood and make it work and I think they will I honestly I see them I think that they should be back in the conference finals in the Western Conference finals um with the way their team is 
and like the acquisition of Christian Wood, who I thought like even his Detroit days was gonna be a a big time uh, big in the league. I think he has a lot of potential to be a great second option. And Hardaway Jr. should be back uh, to fill in some scoring void. So that's going to elevate them. I think that they should be getting back to the conference finals. Yeah. Good point, but we'll see where they go. We'll definitely see. I mean, they got it. I, I feel like they'll pick it up offensively. I just, I just got to see the defense. I think Jason Kidd will rally them. Dorian Finney-Smith also improved a lot, so I, yeah, I think that's true. He, they're going to be good. They're, they're, they'll be fine. They're just they're one of those. To me, they're one of those teams that all right, they're going to start out pretty slow, but by like January, they'll be top top four or five seed. Yeah, I think they'll be a top. They should be in the top four. They should be. Yeah. Because some of the teams there now, we know we did our power rankings, but I do not expect a lot of those teams <laughs> to stay <laughs> where they no, are. It's going to be. I don't. Gonna I, I don't. So, yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and transition to um, the final switch, man. I really like these segments. We're talking about whatever. So. Well, this uh, I'm let you go first for sure. I got you. Well, uh, yeah. This final switch is a bit of a is a bit sadder today, but um, and it's not even so much basketball wise. But I, I have to, I don't know. I have to take the moment. It's just it's it's something that like bothers me. Um. Rest in peace to take off. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. If you don't know already, um, take off one of the members of the rap trio, the Migos, um, was fatally shot in Houston, and it uh, is just shocking to say the least. Um, another act of just senseless violence that has plagued the culture um, that is hip-hop, that is, you know, the Migos have always been around the NBA with the Hawks or just All-Star Weekend. They've always been very much associated with that. And they're, this culture, black culture, it, it just is a, mm-hmm. it's a tragic loss, man. Um, I feel like I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about it, but he was just a couple of years older than us. And it's like... No, man. It's crazy. Um, that he's not, you know, with us in, in flesh here on, on the planet. It's like... Over, over just foolishness is baffling mm-hmm. to me. And I hope that, you know, we as a people cherish this life that we do have and that we don't waste it or you know find ourselves in in situations that call for like uncalled and, and unnecessary just senseless 
acts of violence. Um, just be safe. And man, I, I just feel bad for Quavo, for Offset, for anyone who's close to them, their families, their everybody. It um, it's hard, man, seeing seeing people like like that, like someone like one of one of our own superstars, you know being lost, especially when I feel like he was just stepping into his own craft. But rest in peace take off and y'all just be safe out here, man. It's, it's life is crazy and I'm reminded every day that nothing is promised this this life can be short. So just be safe, man. That's all I got. Yeah, that's what's up, man. That's what's up. Yeah. Rest in peace. Take off and uh, there are a lot of people impacted by the loss, and uh, prayers to all those that are impacted by this sudden, sudden loss. Um, my my final switch is uh, it's gonna be on like some news that we heard recently, honestly, and. Uh, it's gonna be pretty updated. So this is updated. This just came out like a couple hours, like a couple hours ago. Uh, Kyrie Irving, along with the Brooklyn Nets and uh, and the Anti Defamation League, released a joint statement announcing several donations. And this is a joint statement. So this is Kyrie's portion of it. He says, "I oppose all forms of hatred and oppression, and stand strong with communities that are marginalized and impacted every day." I am aware of the negative impact of my posts towards the Jewish community, and I take responsibility. I do not believe everything said in the documentary was true or reflects my morals and principles. I am a human being, learning from all walks of life, and I intend to do so with an open mind and a willingness to listen. So from my family and I, we meant no harm to anyone, to any one group, race, or religion of people, and wish only to be a beacon of truth and like, of course, Kyrie initially posted about a movie called Hebrews and Negroes, Wake Up Black America, and he had a back and forth with Nick Fordell, who is an ESPN um, writer. He's very experienced. Um, Kyrie did not speak publicly with the media yesterday after the Nets loss. However, this statement is a positive step forward uh, along with the statement they're going to donate um, I believe it's gonna be, it's a couple of million they're gonna donate 500,000 to to a lot of different different places honestly I want to get the exact number for sure but the fact that they're uh, trying to donate to these different organizations and speak out against this hate and violence. So, I mean, all these are positive actions, but with this being said, I hope we can just like close the door on like some of these things that Kyrie like kind of calls for himself. Um, Kyrie has definitely been a distraction 
and he has caused the lead to come out with a statement. He's caused his own franchise to come out with a statement. He having teammates having to speak about this. Um, I just wonder when when is enough going to be enough? Honestly, I'm looking forward to hear him speak publicly about this because one. This was done in a public fashion, and all of this is a statement that's public. You also have to write it. You also have to write the wrong with another public statement with you saying things publicly so we can all see it. Because this went very viral. The statement will not really go viral. I need to see actions and words. I want to see you and see, uh, to see him say these things. You know? I think that'll go a long way as well, and we can see uh, how genuine you are about it and things of that nature. Uh, Kyrie has had a lot of controversies, you know, since his, in his short time in the league. Honestly, um, just when will enough be enough? I hope this is a a sign that, like, hey, we're gonna move on work together to focus on basketball and just let the main thing be the main thing uh, I do believe that everyone has the right to whatever they want to believe but at the same time Kyrie does have to recognize that he has certain power that other people don't have and with great power comes great responsibility I learned that as a kid from Spider-Man so this still applies here too. So I hope that he takes his lesson to heart, man. This is a lot. This goes for all all these celebrities out here going through something similar to this. Kanye, all, all that stuff, man. Your actions are very powerful. Your words are very powerful, man. You just gotta be responsible with that stuff. So that's my that's my final switch, man. But I think overall, I think it was good they came out with the statement and they it was a joint statement with the league, with the with Kyrie, the Nets, and the Anti Defamation League. So, uh, yeah, we just see in the future, man. It's like you know, Kyrie is on this on his own path right now. It's taking him where it's gonna take him to. I hope this is it. But I hope in the next week or two we don't hear something else. I hope we don't. <laughs> I really hope we don't, man. But we'll yeah. see. We'll see. I, I went to this season thinking there won't be anything. Because I'm like, he's playing for his money. For his contract. I was wrong about that. Clearly. So. Man, it's unpredictable, man. It's, it's a crazy... Yeah, man. If, and if I and if I learn I hurt somebody by my words and actions, I'm going to automatically be apologetic and learn about it, not just fight against it. I mean, like, man, it's just anyway, about he did it. Platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you don't see it as a platform, it's it it you have influence in the world. So, like you said, have to be responsible with your actions because. You are a person of power in comparison yeah. to other people. Yo, in that same statement, he says he wishes to be a beacon of truth and light. Like, how are you plan to do that? Through your platforms. 
his initial post that's what's to that was supposedly to be like a a true statement of life from him so you got to be very responsible with what you do man like you just gotta be responsible if you learn you hurt someone just try to correct it yeah he'll learn i, I don't know man he, he still think the earth is flat man well I don't know. Hopefully he'll learn. Man, I ain't gonna speak up now. Yeah. I don't know. Hopefully he'll learn. But thank y'all for tuning in to Swiss Masters Podcast. It's been a lot of fun. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and all those things. Check out our new videos on YouTube. We have a bunch of videos on there. Um, we talked about the big three era is over. That was a very fun discussion. We talked about the Lakers to regret trading for AD. You know. Uh, that was a very good discussion as well. The LeBron effect, if that's true, you know, is it hard to play with LeBron James? You know? Yeah, a lot of good discussions, man. And be sure to check all that stuff out. Oh, yeah, for sure. A lot of new content out here. If y'all have anything to say, if y'all agree, disagree, just want to jump into action, feel free to comment. We do read the comments. And we do appreciate you guys, man. So... Be sure to follow us on YouTube, social media, IG, you know what it is. Shout out to our sponsor, SS96. I thank y'all for rocking with us, man. Till next time, I'm Zadie, executive producer. Right. Yep, I'm Kill Guru. Peace. <laughs>